Next chapter. Expiations. It is what is obligatory due to ihram or the haram. The expiation of shaving, removing more than two hairs or nails, applying perfume, wearing fitted clothes, a male covering his head or a woman covering her face, is to choose between fasting three days, feeding six poor people one mud of wheat or one half saw of something, something else, or slaughtering a sheep. The compensation for hunting... All right, let's stop right there. So the first section of this, this is giving us the details of the penalty, al-fidya. Okay? The fidya, or the penalty, has numerous um, types. Okay? And I have a chart I'm going to put up on the board uh, when we uh, conclude with the explanation here. There's numerous types of the fidya. Basically, the fidya is the result of something you have done. It's, an, it's obligatory due to you being in a haram or being on sanctified land in the haram. So the first one is uh, a fidya which is mukhayyar. You have a choice. You can choose between things. And that has to do with, he mentions, um, shaving the hair, removing hair. Remember we said shaving hair, removing it, plucking it, using chemicals, etc., as long as it's more than two. So three or more hairs um, or three or more nails using perfume, applying perfumes or wearing stitch clothing, covering the head of a male or the face of a woman, you can do one of three things. Number one, you can fast for three days. That's the fidya. You're obliged to fast three days or to feed six Poor people. Every poor person you feed must be fed muddaburrin. The mud, which we said is equivalent to basically half of a, uh, sorry, a quarter of a saw. Right? And that saw, we're familiar with it because that's what we give in Ramadan for zakat al fitr. We give that saw, which is a dry measure. So the mud is one quarter of that. Or nisfu sa'in min ghayrihi. You can pay half. Asar, uh, of other foodstuffs. And basically that's double the amount of amud because we know that the sa'a is arba'atu amdad. It's four muds. Amud is a double handful, roughly. There is a specific uh, measurement you'll find in the footnotes of this book. Um, so either you feed them amud, a bur, bur is a more expensive a more treasured uh, food type or other things you you pay basically double like dates or like wheat or like uh, sorry like oats or like barley or number three you can slaughter a sheep you can slaughter a sheep and you can give that away uh, to the poor people that need it so those are the three things that you are uh, uh, able to choose from when fulfilling your obligatory penalty the obligatory penalty was specific for those specific mahdurat, the impermissible things. Right, so we said removing hair or nails, which are three or more, applying uh, perfume, wearing stitched clothing, covering a man's head, or the face of a woman. Okay, next part he talks about what it is. It pertains to hunting. 
compensation for hunting is to choose between an analogous animal or appraising its value in dirhams and purchasing food sufficient for fitr to feed every poor person one mud of wheat or one half sa of something else, or fasting one day in place of the food for each poor person. For the non-analogous animal, it is between feeding or fasting. Okay, so here he talks about the second category of al-fidya al-mukhayra, basically the a penalty which there is a choice involved with what you do. This has two subcategories to it. Okay, hunting uh, and killing the game animals is first. He says um, basically you have analogous animals, animals that are similar to the one that's hunted. Okay, and that's going to come up, uh, I believe, uh, yes, more specifically later on. So we're not going to discuss that in detail in this chapter. However, if it is from this category um, that has a similar animal to it, basically you can do um, one of three things. Either you can... um, sacrifice that uh, similar animal okay you can sacrifice that similar animal and you can give it away to the poor people that need that meat or you can appraise the animal which you hunted and killed at local market value you can appraise that animal and you can um, feed poor people with it so how much, how much food are you, how many poor people are you going to feed? It all depends on the animal and its market value. You're going to feed every poor person what is acceptable for fitrah. Basically, which is muddu burrin or nisfu sa'a either one mud of wheat or half a sa'a of other foodstuffs. So you're going to take that amount of food um, that, that amount of money, you're going to purchase the food and then you're going to distribute it based on those numbers. Right? How much does it cost me? Let's say if I had uh, $1,000, that was the appraisal I was given for the animal that I killed. They gave me a $1,000 and it cost me $5 uh, to purchase nisful sa'a min lady, like for example, rice. It cost me $5 to buy the rice. How many people would I end up feeding? $1,000, it costs $5 per person. So we're gonna divide that, we're gonna get 200 poor people we're gonna feed uh, with, that, with that penalty. Or you're going to fast um, one day for every poor person you would have fed. So basically we just learned that if we appraise the animal at $1,000, and we could feed 200 people with that $1,000, feeding them that particular amount of food. That means how many days do we have to fast? 200. 200. This is 200 people. So you get to choose between these three things. So if you hunt or you kill the, the, the game animal, um, then you get either to sacrifice a similar animal, appraise it for its local market value and feed poor people, or you can fast uh, for every poor person you would have fed. You would fast one day for every poor person you would have fed. That is subcategory number one.
The next thing he says, um, Basically, um, if it's an animal that has no similar animal available in the market, then uh, you would take the market value of that animal and you would feed poor people or you would fast because you can't find a similar animal to purchase and then to slaughter. Okay? It's not available. But what you can do is appraise the animal you would kill and that's done by specialists. Right? Somebody that is a specialist in game animals and their value. And they would appraise the animal then you would go and you would purchase the food and you would feed the poor people either a mud of wheat or a half sa'a of other foodstuffs and you would distribute those that amount of food out to poor people or you could fast. So basically it's like subcategory one minus the slaughter of that animal without a similarity to it. And we'll talk about that in detail. What's, the, what's a analogous, what's non, etc. Yep, go ahead to the next one. It's when Adima, he says, if you don't have a thing, I don't know. Or fasting one day in place of the food for each person. For the non-analogous animal, it is between feeding or fasting. Okay. If the mutamatir or the or Qadin is unable, they must fast three days during Hajj. Making the last of them the day of Arafah is best. And then seven days upon their return home. If someone who is restricted is unable to obtain one, they must fast ten days and then disengage. It is not required for heedlessly wearing fitted clothing, applying perfume, or covering the head. Every sacrificial animal or feeding belongs to the poor person of the haram, except for the expiations given for shaving the head, fitted clothing, etc., which are to be distributed wherever their causes are found. Fasting is valid in every place. The blood sacrifice is either one sheep or one-seventh of a camel or cow. Okay, so here, take a note of the translation. He says, if the mutamatir or qarin is unable to produce a sacrificial animal, should be there, to produce a sacrificial animal, when adima mutamatti'un uqarinun al-hadya. Al-hadya is the sacrificial animal that you take to slaughter during the days of Hajj. So if they're unable to produce the sacrificial animal, he says, Sama tharathata ayyamin fil Hajj. That they have to fast three days during Hajj, and it's best that the last of those days be made Yawmu Arafah. And in seven days, إِذَا رَجَعَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِي If they go back, uh, when they finish their hajj and they go back to their, uh, to their family, basically back to where they reside. So you're going to, basically, if you're a mutamatti or you're qarin, and we talked about these are from the three different hajj types. You have uh, uh, ifrad, you have, have mutamatti, qarin, and ifrad. These are three types. Mutamatti and qarin, they have to bring with them the hadi, the sacrificial animal. And if they don't have that because they don't have the money or they don't have livestock, um, then uh, there is a way out, and that is to basically fast three days while they're, at, during, while, while they're at Hajj. 
making the last day preferably so, a Yom Arafah, and then fasting seven days uh, when they return. There's basically two things here. Number one would be to slaughter a sheep in its place. Uh, for example, if you didn't have access to it, uh, that's what you were supposed to do is to bring a sheep. And then if not, obviously you would fast these three days and then seven when you return. The next part he says, Al-Muhsaru إِذَا لَمْ يَجِدْهُ صَامَ عَشْرَةَ أَيَّامٍ ثُمَّ حَلَّ So the person that... If someone who is restricted is unable to obtain one, they must fast 10 days and then disengage. So here is a person that gets stopped along the way. Muhsar is a person that is uh, restricted from completing the Hajj. And we talked about the importance of making a condition um, with your Ihram. He said, you know, there's a, there's a very specific wording that you can use that um, that I will disengage wherever you wherever you stop me, basically. Um, and this condition will prevent you from having to do this. If you make ihram without the condition that I will disengage wherever I get stopped, if you don't make that condition, then here um, you're obliged to either slaughter or um, fast for 10 days before you come out of ihram. Your violation was on the seventh or eighth or ninth, and your last your your three days are going to get into 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So should you? Is it a must that you fast three days in Hajj, or is it recommended that you fast? Now here, your violation is not a violation of what came before. This is for someone that doesn't have the sacrificial animal well, with him. Yeah, no, but he, he said that uh, it's best. Oh, this is oh. Yeah, this is talking specifically about someone that was unable to produce a sacrificial animal. Okay. Otherwise, fasting is uh, fine uh, later or um, during that time. Uh, so here, it's important to note that um, yeah, it's important to note that that the um, fasting during these three days is specifically uh, noted meaning that it's something that should, has to be done during Hajj if you haven't produced the sacrificial animal. And then seven when you return, and that gives you a total of ten. Now, if you get stopped along the way, you cannot disengage, meaning you can't come out of ihram. So you can't take your, 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 your izar and read that. You can't start clipping the nails, shaving the head, etc., removing hair, all that type of a stuff until you complete seven t- until you complete a fast of ten days in duration. Then he disengages from... Ihram. He says it's, um, it is voided uh, due to forgetfulness when it comes to lubsin, meaning lubsul makhit. If you put something on, like you, you throw a jacket on and you go, oh, I forgot. I can't wear that. Like you carry, you're carrying your something with you. You get cold, you throw a jacket. Just out of forgetfulness, you throw it on. You remember, you take it off, no problem. Or tib or taqtiyati ra'sin. Whether you put on perfume you forget all of a sudden, like, you know, you had something with you. You're like, throw it on. Oh, I forgot I can't do that. Or to cover your head, you know, you absent, absent-mindedly or forgetfully, you throw, like, the the, the, the the top portion, you put it over your head. Like, maybe you're getting hot from the sun and you put that on. 
forgetting that you can't do that, and then you take it off. Um, it's it's okay in this case. It is it is voided. The fidya, this penalty, is voided due to forgetfulness. The other ones, no. Whether you uh, cut your hair or you trim your nails, because if you cut your hair, or you trim your nails, it's lost. You can't get it back, right? It's it's laugh. It's been destroyed. It's been it's been done away with. Whereas um, putting on the clothes or putting on perfume or covering your head, you can take it off. You can remove it. Basically, it has nothing. Has been lost. You can restore. Um, you can restore it to its original state. Right. You can remove that stitched item, that tailored clothing, etc. So in this case, it would not be voided for cutting the fingernails or trimming the hair or removing any hair of the body. He says that every hadi, all the sacrificial animals, they are uh, to be distributed for masakin al-haram, the destitute of the sacred area. So basically like if you have a fidya that you have to pay a penalty um, due to these things that were mentioned, um, whether you put on perfume or mubashara dun al-farj idha lam yanzil, he says, if you have intimate acts besides intercourse and there is no uh, ejaculation, um, then there is a fidya, which is basically you're going to slaughter a sheep, and this can be done wherever it occurs. So if you're outside of the haram, basically, if you're outside, uh, you haven't arrived yet or whatever, and you do one of these things, you're going to slaughter an animal, your sheep, for example, you're going to distribute it there where it happened. You don't have to wait until you get to the haram. It's not specific to uh, the dwellers of the sanctuary. It's to be distributed wherever it occurred. Haythu wujida sebabuha. Whenever or wherever the cause of that fidya uh, was uh, was brought into existence. Right? Um, it's, so, uh, fasting is will suffice in every place. He says, وَدَمُ shatun. Basically, um, slaughtering a sheep or one-seventh of a camel or a cow, if that is um, what the fidya is, if it's one sheep. You know, one sheep is equivalent to a seventh of a cow or a camel. And that concludes that particular section.